Welcome to Bible and Bourbon with Pastor Ben. Today we are studying the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 15 through 22, Taxes to Caesar. Today it is, well, quite early in the morning when I am recording this, so I'm drinking a Kentucky coffee. Now, I drink my coffee a bit differently than most people. I like my coffee normally fairly black, with no sugar or cream, and then with ice in it. So I'm having my iced black coffee with some Kentucky bourbon, particularly Basil Hayden. This week, we have no new prayer requests that were sent in, so please continue to keep our prayer requests from the weeks prior in your prayers this week. Now, let us begin with a prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for coming into our lives and enhancing our spirit. And we ask that throughout this next week, you will continue to speak into our soul, giving us the message of your truth so that we can continue to light the path for others. We pray this in your son's holy and great name. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Matthew chapter 22, verse 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a Daenerys, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went on their way. Matthew chapter 22, verse 15 through 22. So nobody likes paying taxes. I don't mean to get into political terms here, but I think everyone, regardless of their political beliefs, doesn't really like paying taxes on a personal level. It's not fun today and it wasn't fun in the time of Jesus either. And paying your taxes is in some way a contract. You pay taxes toward a government, and you hope that that government is something that you agree with. Now, if taxes were optional, as it is giving to a charity, then you'd have more choice. Because with charitable giving, if you don't like the charity, you just don't support their mission. But with taxes, you are obligated to pay whether you agree with the government or not. But the contract is still valid because you do have another option. If you don't like paying taxes, you can revolt. The Americans did it. The American War of Independence was in part fueled by taxes that the colonists thought were unjust. And this unjust taxation wasn't something new to the Americans. It's something that happened in the time of Jesus as well. Groups that felt as if they were being oppressed, primarily by paying taxes toward a nation that they did not agree with, would sometimes revolt 
Uh, We see it in the Old Testament multiple times where the Israeli people revolted against foreign nations that they were paying a tax to in the form of tribute. Sometimes it was successful and resulted in periods of independence, and other times, most notably with Babylon, it was unsuccessful. But either way, if people are truly unhappy about the levels of taxation being levied on them by a foreign power, they can speak with their actions. And that is what a revolt is. It is your action speaking for you. And that's what this reading, this scripture, is really about. It's not about the idea of taxation. Not really. And it's not about the Pharisees asking Jesus this question about whether taxes should be levied at all, but the Pharisees are particularly asking him if it is good for a Jew to pay taxes to Rome, to Caesar. Because Rome was a rather new imperial master over the Jewish people. The Jewish people had had imperial masters in the past. Rome was just the one new to the block. The Persians instituted taxes on them before, and the Greeks and the Babylonians and the Syrians and the Egyptians before all of them. Each one of these imperial masters had their own problems and their own situations, but to varying degrees, Rome was like those imperial masters of the past. But there was a problem that arose when Jews would pay this sort of tax, uh, particularly of a religious nature. Rome was a pagan society. The emperor in Rome was seen as a god and worshipped alongside the pantheon of other gods. Part of paying the taxes to the Roman state was seen as an offering to the emperor as a god. Jews back then, just as they are today, are, like Christians, monotheistic. They believe in one true God. And many Jews saw the obligation of paying taxes to the Roman state as akin to a form of idol worship. And how could a good monotheistic worshiper of God support a government that was blatantly Create it to worship the deity of the emperor. And that is the question that the Pharisees are bringing to Jesus. It's not about taxation, it is about revolution. The Pharisees are asking, Jesus, are you planning a political revolution? That is the question at hand. It has really nothing to do with taxes. It has to do with revolution. And we see that based on the people that the Pharisees bring with them. They sent their disciples along with a group of Herodians. Uh, The Herodians were not a religious group. They did have religious tendencies, but they were primarily a political group. They were connected to King Herod, uh, the King Herods that we have talked about at length earlier in this podcast. They were the political power in Judea, and they owed all of their status, their kingship and everything, to the Roman state. They were put on their throne by the Roman emperor and the Roman senate. They owed all of their power and everything they had 
to Rome. If Jesus was truly leading a political revolution against Rome, he was primarily leading it against the Herods. So the Pharisees sent the Herods along with their disciples because they assumed that Jesus wouldn't pay this tax. They assumed that Jesus would state that he was leading a political revolution, and then, in turn, he would make himself an enemy of the Herods. And that's what this question was designed to do. The Pharisees did not want to deal with Jesus. The Pharisees didn't like Jesus, but they didn't want to be the ones to execute him. They knew that he was a very popular religious figure, and if they executed him, well, they could lose some standing among the Jewish people. Jesus was too popular. And frankly, the Pharisees didn't like Rome. They wanted Rome to lead this execution, to have Herod lead this execution, so that the Pharisees could say, look what they did to this popular man, Jesus. They may not like Jesus, but they were more than happy to use him as a pawn to fund their own political revolution. Because the Pharisees and the other Jewish elites would, in fact, shortly after the resurrection of Christ, lead an unsuccessful revolution for Israel. The Pharisees didn't want to pay that tax anymore, and they were just hoping that they could trap Jesus so they could use him as a pawn and his execution as a pawn to fund their own political ambitions. But that's not what happened, because the Pharisees, well, they didn't understand Jesus. And they didn't understand, well, the will of God either. Jesus understood that a political revolution would never create the end that was needed. A political revolution might be a temporary revolution where Israel could be independent for a while, but it would never send the message of peace to the world. It would never spread the message of God outside of the Jewish heartland. Jesus wasn't here for a political revolution, and his answer made that clear. He had someone give him a Daenerys, that coin used to pay the imperial tax, and very particularly asked who was on it. Caesar, of course, was on the Roman coins. And he then made it clear that God had no use for the money of Caesar. Caesar can take his coin because to God it is nothing. And this also speaks to Jesus' message, right? You don't need a revolution, to bring the change that is needed. If you are funding a revolution, you need money. And the most common form of currency that was accepted throughout the world was the Daenerys, the coin of the Roman emperor. So even though the Jewish elites were planning on overthrowing Rome and their nation, they would still need the coins of the Roman Empire to fund that revolution against Rome. So Jesus giving this coin back to Caesar shows, I'm not going to use this to fund a revolution. You might, but I won't. And now, with the bias of history, 
we can see how successful Jesus's revolution was, the spiritual revolution, versus the political one of the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees had their attempt of a political revolution just shortly after Jesus's death and resurrection. It was a complete and total failure. Rome came in and killed every single Jew who revolted, annihilated any autonomy in the area of Judea and made it just like any other province. They were completely and utterly destroyed. However, the spiritual revolution had the exact opposite effect. Uh, Jesus spread Christianity throughout the Roman Empire to the point that the Roman Emperor Constantine accepted it as his own faith. Rome became a Christian empire. Think about that. This pagan empire that the Jews are fighting against would later go to worship the very God they worship. The spiritual revolution was so much more successful than the political one. And Jesus did it without firing a single shot or or raising a single sword. Jesus has no need for coins because spiritual power is more impressive than coins, more impressive than weaponry. Spiritual power can make even the weakest person become the strongest. And that's something that we need to take into our lives too. Our spiritual power is more impressive than anything else we have. We, through our own spirituality, can overcome any obstacle. No matter what you are facing today, when you turn to Christ, you know that if he can topple the great Roman Empire, he can get rid of whatever troubles you might have too. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please email me at BiblePeriBourbon at gmail.com. And while it is true that Jesus drank wine and occasional glass is different than addiction, if you need help, please seek it. If you need help and don't know where to look, please reach out to me and I'll be happy to guide you. Blessings, everyone.